Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of Beneath the Layers podcast. This week I have Jordan, who um, I we went to the same high school, I believe, but we actually never really like talked too much or hung out. Uh, we knew a lot of the same people and you know cross paths every now and then. But I mean, ever since I graduated, because I think you're about like you graduated in 2014. Correct. Yeah. 14. I graduated in 2012, and I don't think I've seen him since then, really. <laughs> But um, if you would want to go ahead and just introduce yourself a little bit, um, go ahead. Um, my name's Jordan. Um, from Riverside, I grew up in Riverside, born and raised. I currently live in Fontana with my fiance and my daughter. Um, that's pretty much it about me. I'm just, that's it, yeah. Yeah, uh, the one thing that I do know is that um, you are really into photography, right? Uh, do you consider that to be like part of your profession or is it more of like a hobby that you do? That, it started as a hobby, 100%. Like, mm -hmm. I, I got into it just because I like taking pictures of the city, taking pictures of nature and of our of Riverside. Yeah. It's definitely turned into a profession within the last two years. Um, I'm fully booked every weekend until the end of the year. Um, and it's just something that I've, I've learned to enjoy and just do and I, I can see myself doing it for the rest of my life oh really yes it's just something that you love doing now you found a passion in it yeah definitely and I, I love capturing pe people's moments oh, okay like I can freeze time for people whether it's a wedding or you know family pictures I can freeze time for them and capture that moment for them so they can hold on to it forever yeah, I mean, that's really cool. And I'm sure that all your clients or everybody that you have really appreciate that you do that for them because, I mean, I've seen a few of your pictures that you've taken. They're, I mean, they're really good. Thank you. I so, I mean, um, I'm assuming, though, when you first started with the photography, you didn't have the most professional camera at the time. But what's uh, what did you start taking pictures with? Was it just your cell phone or was it uh, some camera that you just got? like a beginner's level or how, how did that start my first what I consider like photography picture um, was with my phone okay. um, I took it off of my phone I would you know go to views and take pictures with my phone and then I think a couple months after that my mom bought me my first camera which was the Canon Rebel T6 okay so that was my first camera ever and I rode that for like two years yeah um, and it's a great camera. It's a perfect camera to start with. Yeah. Uh, as you get better in photography and you start doing portraits, that's when people, you'll catch, I was editing pictures for three hours per picture. Oh, wow. So it just it just got continuous. It was getting difficult editing pictures that long, especially when I started building more clients. Um, and that's why I jumped up to a newer camera after that. Oh, okay, so with the newer camera, it's just a lot easier to edit the photos. Hundred, yeah, definitely. Okay, um, it's easier to capture pictures. I can, I can do a, I can get a good shoot done in about thirty to forty-five minutes. Oh, okay, um, and it's just, it's easier to capture pictures, and then definitely when it comes to editing, it's a breeze. Okay, so would you say most of the time when it comes to photography is the editing portion or the actual like um, capturing the the moments? So. Editing is definitely like 75% of it, Okay. but you can't edit a picture if you don't capture the right moments. Got it. You okay. get me? So like you have to have an eye, and then once you capture that moment, 
the editing does take most of the time and that's most of the work that's where what I learned in, in photography school I only took one course in photography school what okay. I learned was editing is what you edit to what you thought you saw when you took the picture Got it. so yeah. that's everybody's edits different everybody sees life differently so mm-hmm. when you edit that's how you saw life at that time and that's why you edit it the way you edited it got it okay um, and so people that are watching the video format of this can probably see and probably people that already know who you are can probably see that your arm is in a sling here yes. um, and so what what happened with that how did that happen yeah so back in 2017 I was going to ride to Pico Rivera with my fiance's father, uncle, and cousin. We were going to ride to Pico Rivera for Easter. And um, we met up in Fontana, and when we took off, I hopped on the freeway. We were going about 80 miles. We got maybe 30 minutes down the way, and I hit a pothole going about 80 miles an hour. Oh, wow. Got the, they call it the Harley death wobble. I tried to gas out of it, and got thrown over my bike and landed directly on my neck and I guess the way I've never heard of this until it happened to me but when I landed on my neck all of my nerves in my brachial plexus area Mm -hmm. they all got completely ripped from the spine oh wow so there was no chance of like them going back in and trying to put the nerves back into the spine because they mess up yeah it could be everything else everything else so um, they pretty much just told me that they tried to take a nerve from like my chest and my rib and put it in my shoulder and my bicep just to give me some movement Mm -hmm. and I got a little bit of movement back but it's not like usable movement it's just something that I have to live with but I definitely just learned you know you have to look at the positive it could have been worse yeah that's true the day after my accident my fiance told me she was pregnant so I woke up from surgery found out my arm was never gonna work and I'm having a daughter, so I just had to yeah, not focus on the negative and look more at the positive, that I'm even here to watch my daughter grow up, so. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty amazing. Um, so what do you think has been the hardest transition for you um, going from, you know, having a fully functional arm to now barely being able to even move it? Um, I think the hardest, honestly, like, it hasn't been difficult because... I dislocated my elbow in high school, so I learned how to drive with my left hand, Um, and so driving was a breeze. Um, I think, you know, just learning how to change diapers for my daughter was probably the most difficult, just because it was all new to me. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, everything else, I mean, like, we're we're adaptive. Humans are super adaptive, so we can adapt to any situation we're in, and... I think honestly the hardest thing was just probably just learning to do things with my daughter with one arm. Um, photography was pretty easy to pick up on, you yeah. know, when the doctor told me I can't be a photographer anymore. Oh, he really told you that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I told him, like, I'm a photographer. He was like, you're going to need to look for a new hobby. And I was just like, yeah, I don't <laughs> think so. Well, I mean, do you use a tripod a lot? Is that what helps you? Or do you just pick I up the camera and... I started using the tripod. That's how I started after he told me that I tried using the tripod. Yeah. It honestly was just too difficult for me to like move around especially when it came to like family shoots and stuff like that yeah um so yeah i learned a way to hold it with one arm okay and i i shoot weddings now i shoot family pictures you know graduation shoots and everything so i mean i wouldn't i guess i wouldn't have ever have thought that 
you wouldn't be able or how the doctor said is you wouldn't be able to be a photographer just because you didn't have yeah. two two arms or whatever but be a little bit more optimistic yeah. about it <laughs> yeah i mean i'm glad that you really found a way to navigate that and you know continue the thing that you absolutely love right definitely um and so just you know what do you i, I know that your daughter having your daughter has really helped you um sort of look more towards the future look more optimistically towards your own future um so if there's something that somebody was going through and they kind of just um whether you know had something that was holding them back from moving forward like what's something that you can advise to them that you know they can still be whatever they want to be no matter what you know they're going through I think like one thing that I always keep, gotta keep telling yourself is and and my, some people might think it's mean but it could have been worse Yeah. Um, in any situation um, I know our parents told us when we were kids that there's kids that there's kids that are out there that have it worse than we do Yeah. and that's 100% true even in life because I'm walking around, although my arm doesn't work, I'm walking around taking pictures, playing with my daughter. Yeah. I drive a stick shift car. Like, <laughs> I yeah. I do everything. And I mean, I could have I could have been paralyzed from the neck down. Yeah. I could have had brain damage. I could have yeah. passed away. That's true. And I, I just, it could have been worse. And at the end of the day, it's going to get better. If you just keep pushing and you keep going and you just stay optimistic, you know, just it could have been it's gonna get better I promise that like you're you might be in a cloud right now but I mean it's as cliche as it is the clouds go away and the sun will come out yeah I mean the sun's always there right it's just yeah. hidden by clouds so exactly. uh, I mean I, I agree with you I think that you know uh, a lot of people tend to get uh, unmotivated when something when they have a really bad setback or they feel like they can't come out of something definitely and so it's important to know that there's like you said there's people that go through worse and come out as strong as ever and so that means that you can do it as well and i think that's something that is really important people should hear yeah you, know, you know um so i mean uh, other than photography um there's a couple other ventures that you are interested in doing right so um what what are some of those and what how, uh, what are some things that you're doing to sort of push push that um, and be successful in some of those things that you do? Can you use the uh, your experience in photography for those things as well? Um, not, I mean, well, so I'm currently, I started working out in the beginning of January. Uh -huh. It was the New Year resolution and I stuck to it. Yeah. And that's the first time I ever stuck to doing something like that. Okay. Um, and people often ask, like, how do you work out? You know, you can't even bench press. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, they make a lot of machines for one arm, and then when it comes to benching or anything, I use dumbbells. Oh, yeah. So um, I, I'm currently, yeah, I work out every sing almost every day except weekends. I work out at 3 in the morning. Oh, wow. Every day, and then um, I go to work. But um, I, obviously, I don't think photography leads into working out, but that's something I've really learned to, yeah. learn to like, especially, like, with nutrition, like, you know, we have one body. If we take care of it, mm -hmm. that's probably the the best thing we can do, you know, especially with, you know, diseases going around nowadays. Yeah. It's these healthier people are making it out because they're doing something about it. They're taking care of their body, their life. Yeah. 
and it starts with little things like eating right I've cut fast food out that's the best thing I've done Um, I drink occasionally not as much but I drink occasionally (laughs) Um, and it's little things like that but I think that's something that I want to venture into and just explore the most is just nutrition like nutrition and just taking care of our body just getting our body to 100% yeah, uh, I, that's something that's I think is really important. You know, I have a little bit of experience with that because I feel like for the longest time I would eat pretty unhealthy. Uh, one of one of the things that I really loved to do, especially when I was a lot younger, was drinks like soda. Yeah. Soda was like you know so real quick. Yeah, yeah it's real quick on a hot day. You know, sugar and coldness of a <laughs> coke is just great, right? Unbeatable. <laughs> Yeah, so then, uh, you know, I cut that out, um, you know, a few years ago. Uh, maybe every now and then I'll have it here and there, but, um, you know, I cut that out and only really drank water for the most part. And let me tell you, like, once I did that, I felt so much, more, like, better. Like, I felt like I had so much more energy. It's Like, I don't even drink, like, even to today, like, I don't even feel like I need to drink something like coffee to keep me awake through the day. Yeah. Because I just feel like I have this natural sort of energy built um, and it all started when I just decided to stop drinking soda so much and just focus more on drinking water uh, and eating a little bit more healthy, you know. It, oh, sorry about that. Sorry. No, no, it's fine. I mean, it, I was pretty much done. So. No, yeah, that, I was going to just touch up on what you said. Like, yeah, when you switch your diet and so cutting soda out, it changes drastically. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple months ago. I was working, I would I would edit till about 12 o'clock at night yeah. and then go to the gym at three, so that was three hours of sleep. After the gym, I would pop a Red Bull, drink a Red Bull, oh, yeah. and then start my day. And I was drinking Red Bulls every single day for at least like two, three months. Oh, wow. And I realized, you know, like, I'm gonna give myself a heart attack one of these days. <laughs> so I was just like, yeah. no, like, I, I can't be doing this. And then um, same thing with fast food, like, I would eat fast food, you know, it's quicker. I have a 30 minute lunch at work, so I would just run to McDonald's, you know, mm-hmm. and try to find the healthiest thing, chicken sandwich or something, and then yeah. eat that. But I mean, even that's processed. So yeah. um, about three, four months ago, I decided to cut energy drinks out, coffee and fast food out, just, you know, cold turkey. Yeah. Um, and I was vaping, so uh-huh. I stopped vaping 100% as well. Okay. So yeah. Um, like you said, I, I would wake up and I would drink water, and then I got into drinking lemon water. I drink a hot lemon water every morning. Oh, and hot lemon water. Okay. Yeah, so it helps just soothe your yeah. your throat if anything's going on, or um, and and helps your blood and stuff. So yeah, um, I'll drink a hot lemon water instead of like a hot tea or coffee in the morning, and then mm-hmm. get my day started and just drink a lot of water throughout the day. And yeah, if I don't make lunch, um, I'll go to Chipotle. Oh yeah, it's pretty pretty healthy. So yeah, Chipotle. I love Chipotle. It's pretty good. Um, so um, one one thing that uh, is pretty common amongst people who like you know they intake things like uh, alcohol or even soda or um, cigarettes or vaping. Maybe I, I'm not too sure. I've never done that, so I don't really know about that. But um, a lot of those things a lot of people tend to end up becoming a little bit dependent upon whether it's you know they want a little quick stress reliever or something like that they'll you know go to their fridge pop a uh, pop the cap off a beer bottle and just you know drink it and whatever the case might be um and so when that happens a lot of times it's very difficult for people to stop it and um I felt when I you said you cut off things like soda and coffee like cold turkey 
Um, I remember when I decided to stop drinking soda, it was like, it was very hard. It was very difficult because it was like, it felt like I really, really wanted it. And and so like I could kind of understand how people feel when they say that they really need a cigarette or something like that. So how was that for you when you just like cut it off cold turkey? Was it pretty easy or did you find some difficulty in that? It definitely was difficult. I feel like the the caffeine withdrawal definitely masked the nicotine withdrawal. Mm-hmm. So I didn't experience that, the nicotine one too bad. Yeah. Um, but the caffeine, yeah, that it was hard. I would get anxious. Oh, I see. I was getting really anxious at times where, like, I had no idea why. Like, I was anxious and... You know, my boss would tell me like, like, oh, have you had a coffee today? I'm like, no, I don't drink coffee anymore. He's like, that's, <laughs> that's probably, probably why. Yeah. So, um, it, that's definitely been the hardest part was that the anxiousness, and I mean, you just gotta. Our mind is the strongest thing, and yeah, um, if you tell yourself like, I'm fine, like this isn't real, you're good, you sh- should be able to push through it. Yeah, but I mean everybody you know people most people might just give in and drink the coffee just so they feel better but that's the hardest part but again you'll get through it and if you get through it you'll be good at the end of the tunnel so yeah and yeah i think that that is a a good point that you made because it's very difficult for someone to be like okay like there is a better ending to this if i could just push through and make it there right uh they're like uh, I feel like a lot of people will be like, okay, I'm cutting out coffee, for example, or I'm cutting out smoking or whatever, or drinking. But, um, you know, they get that sudden urge, that little temptation. They're like, you know what? Maybe I can do this tomorrow. One won't hurt me. Yeah, one won't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> one won't hurt me, right? And then you just end up, you know, it's like two or three months later, and it's like you still had one every day. Back in day one. Yep, exactly. And so um, I think that is something that, not, I mean, I'm sure not everybody struggles with, um, but I feel like there's something in everybody's life where they feel a little bit dependent on something. It doesn't have to Definitely. be some sort of substance. It can be just any little thing, anything. right? Yeah. Um, so over the years, is there anything that you kind of struggled with the most where you felt like maybe you were a little dependent upon during that time or even maybe now if, uh, if that is the case? Like, is there something that you, you're working towards on kind of, you know, doing into or I guess removing out of your life to make yourself better better, or your life better yeah for that matter um dependent on is a hard word for me because I don't I don't think I have like Mm -hmm. I've never got turned to alcohol and I mean I've experienced some pretty crazy things in life from this you know and um losing my dad at such a young age and Mm um like I I don't think I've ever turned to anything I mean in high school you know I would I turned to smoking weed a lot, but I mean, I feel like every kid in high school might, <laughs> but I mean, that wasn't hard for me to turn away from, but, yeah. um, I, I think the hardest thing might be, would be after my accident, um, I got my mouth wired shut Oh, okay. and it was wired shut for about six weeks. Um, so I missed food and mm-hmm. I missed drinking a hundred percent. So as soon as I got my wires off, I went straight into eating and I ate unhealthily for a good two three years like <laughs> oh two or three years okay it was it was bad I was well, maybe like two years um and I was drinking frequently especially you know I did turn to this when COVID first came out yeah I drink a lot like we mm. would I would have like two to three beers a day oh wow okay um 
but I mean, I feel like I, that was easy for me to cut out, but I think the eating is definitely the hardest part, the hardest eating. part for me to cut out. Yeah. I mean, like eating is something where our body takes in as a pleasure. So of course, like when you have something that tastes really good, you want you're going to want more. And that's exactly where, what, you know, things like candy is, right? They want it to taste as good. So you want more, right? But they know. The people that make it know it's not the best for you. They're like, they'll, they'll buy it anyways. You they know, know what they're doing. <laughs> they know exactly what they're doing. So, uh, but that's good. You know, I'm glad to hear that now you're, you know, you're back on track where you want to be. You have a better diet, working out now and everything. And I think the most um, sort of admirable thing is that you do all of this even though you're injured and you just find a way to do it no matter what anybody tells you. And I think that's really, really cool because a lot of people I think in that situation might just give up you 100%. know yeah, and so especially with uh, like disabling injuries a lot of people and it's as sad as it is you know a lot of people are committing suicide nowadays yeah and that's yeah. that's sad you know especially younger kids like you know you have so much to live for whether you have one arm you know one leg no legs or yeah. You know, you have so much to live for, and then you realize, you know, your family really does love you. Yeah, they they would they would crush anybody if you were to leave any at any time. So I mean, that's the main thing is just doing it for your family. And at the end of the day, you know, you'll you'll see why you're supposed to be here. Yeah, and it's just pushing through those dark times. So yeah. So uh, would you say that once that accident did happen, that was like your darkest moment or where you found yourself in the darkest headspace or knowing that you're going to have a daughter pretty much at the same time that this happened kind of kept you from reaching that point? Having my daughter definitely, or knowing I was having a daughter coming up definitely helped me a lot. And I know it, like if I didn't have her, mm-hmm. it probably would have been a lot darker. Yeah. I was still dark during that time, but yeah. Um, you know, knowing I had her coming up and I wanted to meet her, yeah, um, that was definitely a boost. But like, I was still, it was still pretty hard to get through that mental, like, like why me? You know, why? Yeah. Why did this happen to me? Out of everybody, me, like, yeah. um, like oh, I should have just. And it, as sad as it is, you know, I feel like if anybody, anybody that goes through any life changing thing, like oh, why couldn't I? Why couldn't I have just died or something? You know, like yeah, it. This sucks, you know, but I love life, and I think I'm grateful every single day I wake up. Yeah. And I'm just happy that I pushed through that, you know, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's. I feel like that's the main thing in life is that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, no, 100% there is. And so, like, what would you say was something that you did or maybe someone in particular that really helped you through that time? I mean, I know you said that your daughter really kind of helped you, but like she wasn't, in ter- here, yet, yeah. she wasn't here yet, but you know, uh, maybe just the thought of her kind of just helped you as well. But like, uh, in terms of your mentality is, I guess what I'm asking a little bit more, like what helped you sort of gather yourself together and find that light at the end of the tunnel. Honestly, like when it comes to this mentality, I sort of had to, it sucks. Cause I sort of had to build it myself mm-hmm. of trying to stay positive. But 100%, like, my mom, my fiancé, mm-hmm. and my fiancé's family, and my family as well, they all contributed it. Yeah. To, and it helped a lot, 100%, them not even seeing my arm. Mm. You know, like, they didn't see me for my arm, so they didn't, like, 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 oh, like, what's going on with your arm today? They just, 
I was here. I was yeah. if I went to a party, you know, like oh, you want a beer? Yeah, there's a beer. You know, like they're not talking about my arm. And I think that's the biggest thing for me. It was for me in the beginning, was knowing that people weren't looking at my arm. Yeah, you know, they weren't like paying attention. That that's not what they cared about. You know, they cared about me. Yeah, and that definitely helped me push. Now, I mean, it doesn't bother me. You know, yeah. I go to the gym. Some people might stare a little bit too long. It doesn't bother me anymore. And yeah, that my family definitely helped. That mm-hmm. that was a boost and it helped my positive yeah positiveness I guess yeah and um, like was it did you find it difficult for you to talk about that accident or at the beginning and then you kind of just over time were able to talk about it a little bit more I feel like in the beginning I sort of would have to start the conversation about my arm you know mm-hmm. like I walk up and I see somebody staring and I'm like <laughs> oh yeah I was in a motorcycle accident just because yeah. I, I, I wasn't secure you know I yeah I don't. I didn't like people staring at me that like that because I know what they're staring at. Yeah. Um, and then over time, yeah, yeah, definitely, it just um, became easier to talk about it just because I know people. I mean, people are genuinely concerned, and um, most people nowadays they see me and they think my arm's broken or uh, yeah. or like I messed up a disc or something. Yeah. Um, so they always ask like, oh, like what happened to your arm? And I'm just like, oh, I've been like this for four years. Or yeah, if I'm, you know getting groceries and they're like what do you need help to your car and I'm like I've been like this for four years I can <laughs> yeah. pretty good you know so yeah um, I feel like now yeah definitely my family helped just mm-hmm. not showing attention towards my arm it was probably the probably what made it easier for me and do you think that uh, you now have like a newfound respect for other people who are in the similar situation you are in 100% like this accident opened my eyes for everything like you don't you don't understand like it could be a criminal running down the street and I'm like oh he's probably like what if he has a bad like a sick daughter yeah and like I look in the positive with everything you could Mm. be the meanest person and you could cuss me out today but I'm not gonna give you that energy (laughs) because you know you might be having a bad day you might have woke up and your mom passed away you know yeah and you really it any anybody going through anything it could be depression it could be anxiety it could be a disability um you don't know what people are going through at that that exact time so it's just nice to be kind to anybody and this injury definitely helped me Mm. open my eyes and just be more grateful towards life and you know don't if somebody is having a bad day let them have their bad day just don't give them that energy there's no need to waste your energy and somebody that's not gonna yeah appreciate it you know yeah that's true a hundred percent uh there's you never know what people are going through so i think that's something that's important to to understand you know and there's a lot of people who have uh, um hot tempers so like something like that might happen they just kind of triggers them and they just go off themselves but no i think you're right i think uh you know you never really know what anybody else is going through so um for me personally i i'm kind of in the same boat as you i try not to uh uh, judge anybody too much off of decisions they make you know if it's something that you can see is uh, consistent then maybe you can make a judgment based off of that Definitely. but you know you know if it's just one moment that somebody has it could just be a bad moment you know um, but I've heard you over the course of this recording um, mention positivity a lot and you trying to be as positive as you can is there 
uh, like maybe it was before the accident, not entirely sure, but did you find yourself not to be as optimistic? Were you a little bit more pessimistic pessimistic uh, in terms of your mind um, and how you thought about things or uh, or um, how has your sort of mentality changed over over time? So I definitely, I wasn't, I wouldn't call myself an, a pessimist, but like uh, before my accident, I just wasn't, I, I didn't care, you know, like, like I, I it's crazy because I would like, I, I always base this because, you know, I would have no problem with getting in my car and driving 120 miles to work, yeah. um, 120 miles per hour to work, you know, like, yeah. it's just, I didn't see the value. I don't want to see the value in life, you know, like yeah. I, I took life for granted because I felt like, you know, I was young and I couldn't die. Yeah. You know, or I couldn't get injured. That's what I felt like as a kid. And even 18 years old, you know, that's what I always felt like. And I just, you know, when you go through something like this, whether it's an injury or you lose a family member or, you know, you, you're depressed or, you know, you eat, you're eating unhealthily, you might open your eye. It open, helps open your eyes when you get through it because you got through it, you know, yeah. going through whatever you're going through. So... Like, I feel like I wasn't a pessimist before, but I just definitely just took life for granted. Got it. Yeah. You know, and, you know, there's always that saying that everything happens for a reason. So maybe it's like, you know, that had to happen in order for you to realize what the true values in life are. And I feel like that's something that a lot of people go through. You know, they'll have a that what I like to call a turning point, you know, where they realize that, you know, life is important and life is uh can be taken away at any exactly. any moment you know something can happen and your life's changed forever right and so um i just want to go a little bit back to uh um something that's related to your photography um you had mentioned before that you had taken a photography class uh you only took one class though and then um after that, you just decided not to take any more classes. Is that because you just felt like you didn't need to take the class uh, anymore for photography, or is there something else that just kind of came up? So, yeah, I took that class in 2016, and um, they didn't have the class for winter, and then I just decided not to sign back up in spring because I was busy with work at the time, and yeah. then um, spring of April 2017, I went down, and that's what sort of altered me from going back to school. Um, I, I jumped back into photography during the in, with the injury, just taking pictures of you know Riverside, uh, going to LA, taking some pictures of LA, and doing like street photography. And then um, I I think it was like a year after that I bought a new lens. Oh wow! And it was the fifty millimeter. It's a portrait lens, and that's when that's what got me into portraits. And I was like, Whoa, yeah. like this is ten times better than taking pictures of cities. <laughs> um, yeah. And honestly, like hands down, don't get me wrong, school is. School is important when it comes to, you know, being a doctor or a lawyer, stuff like that. You know, yeah. that it's important. But being a photographer, you know, if there's little hobbies that you want to do, working out, yeah. nutrition, YouTube University. <laughs> YouTube University. 100%. Is that how you learn how to edit photos as well? Or are you just... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the main thing. Like, I, like, the class taught me how to use Lightroom. It taught me how mm -hmm. to use Photoshop. It taught me how to use all of it. Um, it taught me how to take some pictures and you know do long exposures it taught me the base of photography yeah and then when it came to doing portraits you know some things are different especially yeah. like skin retouching 
um, how you capture the portrait and stuff like that that I didn't learn in that class and that's where I Got would it, yeah. go to YouTube and mm-hmm. you know find your f- the best photographers and they I'm telling you there's so many so many things on YouTube you can watch about different ways to retouch skin you know dodging and burning and stuff like that it's insane and honestly like that's how I learned how to do a lot of my portrait photography yeah was you know based off of photographers on YouTube and you know learning different ways sort brought into how I do it you know mm-hmm. my own way of doing it so yeah I'm I now have my own way I could probably go on YouTube and give a course of how to do it but yeah don't count YouTube out because you can learn a lot there so yeah I know I learned a bunch of things from there as well like even when I started this podcast there's a lot of little details that I was trying to figure out and so I would just type that into YouTube and there's like two or three videos that you can watch that helps you sort of figure it out and then you can use that and like you said just kind of um, make it how you want it you know exactly build your own way build your own way and so yeah I mean that's something I think is like really really useful it's a useful tool Definitely. It has become a useful tool, and there's tons of things that you can find on YouTube that if you want to do it, you can learn how to do it just off that, and you don't necessarily need school. I mean, that's one thing that I uh, tell a lot of people, too, um, is that, you know, college isn't for everyone if that's something that you feel like you need to do. It just depends on what you enjoy doing. Exactly. You know, if you want to be a doctor, if you enjoy being a doctor and you enjoy that stuff, then, yeah, you're going to, you can't skip college because you need that in order to be a doctor and um but i mean you know there's things like uh if you want to go into entertainment or even sometimes business like you don't really necessarily need to go into school to get that little piece of paper for that you spend thousands of dollars for exactly it's better to just you know you can find out how to do it and kind of build your own way from that you know and i'm not an i'm not an entrepreneur but like the entrepreneur way of you know establishing anything you want to do in life is the best way you know like just keep working and working and working it'll pay off yeah so yeah i mean i i agree i mean it's just you know as long as you keep going for it and doing your best and improving each time then i think that you'll eventually be successful as long as it's something you love doing because if you're happy doing it and you're happy doing it that's i think what's really important and you you don't want to be stuck in a job that you hate for your entire life you know you'll be miserable it's not the way of living life it's not so i mean practice makes perfect that's yeah. Another thing that we were told a lot as kids, you know, whether it was the sport you were playing or um, homework, mm-hmm. practice makes perfect. It's a hundred percent true. Yeah. Honestly, that is uh, that's kind of how I live my life uh, currently to this day. I mean, uh, I played tons of sports, especially when I was younger, yeah. and that's what playing sports has instilled in me. It's like if you just keep working at it, you'll get you'll eventually get better at it. And that, for me, that I feel like that goes for everything. You know. Even if you feel like you're terrible at um, school, you know, if you just keep working at it, you'll eventually get better at it. If you think you're bad at anything, really, if you, you know, if you love it enough and you're just willing to put in the time and effort, you'll eventually be it's, successful at it. The way it is, it's the way yeah. of life. You know, you can't just pick something. I mean, some people can. Don't get me wrong. Some people can just pick something up and um, be good at it. But you know, like, yeah. I mean. I've realized within literally, and I've been taking pictures for four years. Yeah. I've been doing portraits for two years, and I 100% within the last, since April, how long is that? What's four months? Oh, yeah. This, since, this year, April? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Since it's, April, I've been fully booked almost every weekend. Oh, wow. And I think I've gotten better within these last four months yeah. than I have 
in the last two years I've been taking pictures. Yeah, I mean, the more opportunities you get to, you know, uh, build upon your talents, I feel like you'll just get better and better Definitely. each time. So, you know, you'll, you'll have a shoot this weekend and you'll do that shoot and then the next weekend you're just a little bit better. Exactly. It, might, it might not be a whole lot, but it builds up over Eventually, time. Eventually, yeah, like, yeah. Give us some time, you're going to... Exactly. And you're going to... And I mean, you're going to always keep learning. Yeah, and you can always keep learning, you know. Um, so I, th- yeah, that, I think that's really something that we agree agree with, um, you know. I think it's really important for people to know as well. Definitely, definitely. So, um, what do you think? Oh, well, in, t- in terms of your field of photography, um, are you like sort of on your own with it, or do you have other photographers that you talk to and like um, get with to take photos or whatever the case might be? I don't know too much about the field of photography, so. I'm a little curious, and so yeah, that that's um, it. I do have a, a group of photographers that I, I primarily talk with. Um, there's um, I have a photographer that comes with me when I shoot weddings. Okay, I'll have her as a backup, just and just so she can get exposure to shooting weddings as well. You know. Yeah. Um, and it also builds my confidence a little bit knowing I just have somebody just in case I miss a shot. You know? Yeah, yeah. She's right there with me, but um, um, I do have you know a group of photographers that I. You know, we all support each other. You know, they post a picture, I comment on it. They, I, yeah. I post a picture, they comment on it, and then you know we have a group message. We'll go in there, and you know they they go, they go to like Joshua Tree, and they'll do like oh, the yeah. nighttime shoots and stuff like that. And that's really cool. Uh, yeah, I feel that's super cool, and I would love to go with them every once in a while, but I just never have the time to. But yeah, um, you know, if I have a question about anything, I'll hit hit them up you know like hey or if i'm too booked and i can't take somebody i'll send my clients their way yeah um that's always nice it's it's super nice and definitely you know we we all feed off of each other so that's a cool thing about it but i mean when it comes to like you know taking pictures it's all me you know like i'm all the shoots you see i i do that myself i don't have a backup holding you know flashes or (laughs) giant reflectors i'm a full-on natural light photographer yeah um, I'm not really big for the flashes, mm-hmm. um, unless I need to at like, yeah. nighttime. Um, but yeah, I mean, we feed off of each other, we inspire each other. But other than that, like when it comes to taking the pictures and yeah. the editing, that's primarily just me, you know. Yeah, no, that's that's really cool, especially um, you know seeing where you started, I guess, you know, oh, and definitely. then where you're at now, definitely. and then you can probably imagine where you could be in a couple years or so now, right? Um, has there been like a shoot that you like was scheduled for example or something and I don't know maybe rain or something came and like it ruined it and like how did you handle that sort of situation so this one's this one's funny I mean um, most of the time we're pretty good with weather Um, so I have two like I have two shoots that really stand out to me when it comes to that Um, I mean this one was just a shoot with my fiance's family Uh like her mom they wanted to do family pictures um, she has four, five siblings, four yeah. siblings. So it's, um, it was just a big family shoot. And we thought we were going to go up to Oakland in December. Okay. Oh, December. And do like a, a field shoot, yeah. you know, like a more nature, like a fall shoot because yeah. we're in California. We didn't expect snow. Yeah. It rained like two days before that. And we get up there and it's completely wow. snowed out everywhere. Yeah. And everybody's out there playing with snow. So, um, we weren't expecting the snow. My fiance's mom was wearing open-toed heels <laughs> um so we weren't expecting the snow at all yeah and we literally just pulled over in a driveway and took their family pictures and i promise you they're probably the best oh, wow. family pictures i've taken 
um, one of the best because every family pictures there are, yeah. you know. Um, so that one we just adapted to it and just made that one as best as we could. And honestly, we weren't expecting the snow, but they turned out to be like epic. Yeah. So, and then the second time was back in March. Um, I scheduled a a portrait shot of um, with a, a girl that I know. Yeah. And we were gonna do it in downtown Riverside, and we literally pull up and it starts hailing. Oh, hailing! Oh, it was wow. hailing, and mm-hmm. like um, we're just like, wait, so what are we gonna do? So we. Um, ended up going to a parking structure in downtown Riverside and taking some shots in there and then the sun came out Oh wow! and we went up top on the parking structure and it was like the way the sun was hitting the light um, reflecting off the reflecting ground, off the ground yeah. turned into like some pretty dope shots so uh, that's really cool I mean most of the time when it comes to weather changes people are down to you know, try something different yeah um, but most of the time we're pretty good with the with the timing, you know, yeah. if it if I see it's a little cloudy that day, you know, we'll just adapt. And if they're down to do cloud pictures, we'll go do cloud pictures. Yeah. You know, it just it depends. And then I'm as an editor, you know, editing the pictures, I can make a sunny, a cloudy day look sunny, and I can yeah. even make a sunny day look cloudy. So that's the cool part about it. But most of the time, people are just open to yeah adapting to the weather. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's great. I mean, I'm glad that you have that ability to adapt to situations. I think that that's probably actually really important, and seems like it's important in photography, especially. Oh, definitely. Um, like, yeah, yeah. Photography. Um, I, I just it popped in my mind last minute right now. Just um, somebody booked me to shoot a wedding in November, uh-huh. in the beginning of the year, and. Um, we we didn't give in we didn't think about the the time change so oh, okay. the yeah, time yeah. changed and the wedding started at four. Oh, i see um, they didn't end up walking down the aisle till about 4 30 uh-huh. and the sun was already starting to set so i mean luckily the whole service part i was able to catch yeah um as soon as the service was over it was almost pretty much night and they asked like oh can we still do the the couple pictures yeah. by the golf course and i'm just like maybe I mean maybe not but I took him down there and I mean I was able to get a couple shots out of it but I mean it wasn't too bad yeah so what would you say has been the most like the most enjoyable thing about taking pictures of people or even landscapes or anything like that what's been your most enjoyable part about it I think the most enjoyable is definitely just like seeing people react to it like the reaction is definitely like even when I take pictures um, and they're not edited and I show them like at the shoot they're like oh my god these are so beautiful (laughs) and I'm just like I haven't even touched them yet and you know like so that's you know just change it like people don't appreciate pictures as much as they did back in the days yeah but there's a lot of people that still do and they people can tell the difference between an iPhone and a camera so when I take those pictures and I send them to them yeah um they they you know they love them especially when it comes to weddings or engagement mm-hmm. pictures they they love them but um I think that definitely the most enjoyable thing is seeing people post my pictures oh the posting okay because yeah you kind of feel proud at that moment right or it, proud of yourself I feel accomplished. proud but like it's crazy because I look at them and I'm just like I can take that you know like oh, yeah it doesn't feel like I'm I don't just because I do it every day I don't feel that like. I'm that good, you know, like, yeah. and then people post me, you know, and I'm just like, well, like, they're pretty clean, you know, yeah. so um, that's probably the most enjoyable, you know, seeing people put it on their page as their, you know, Instagram picture or, you know, I go out with friends and they unlock their phone and it's my picture right there. It's just, 
It's pretty yeah. cool. So that's probably the most enjoyable is just seeing people, you yeah. know, use my pictures. So yeah, I mean that I feel like that if I was me in that position, I'd feel pretty proud and like, yeah, this is cool. Like I actually did that sort of thing, you know. Uh, you said that I guess initially or maybe in the moment of you taking the pictures, you don't feel like you're the best photographer or something like that. Um, until sometimes you see the pictures after and like, okay, like that's pretty cool. Um, is that something that that kind of motivates you to keep becoming a better photographer? Because of that feeling that you have, is like, um, like I don't know if this is good or not, sort of thing. Hey, I definitely think so. Just because, I mean, like I'm confident going to a shoot. I'm confident knowing that I'm going to be able to catch the right pictures. You know, like I'm confident, but like I still get there every shoot, every single shoot, and I shoot all the time. I'm still a little nervous. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean, that's definitely what keeps pushing me to get better because I know I can do better and I know like my I know my pic it sounds cocky but like I know my pictures are are nice yeah but I know they can be nicer so Got that's it. why I want to just keep going yeah just knowing that I can make them even better you know add something different into mm-hmm. it add a little sun glare into it you know just oh, yeah. little things like that and I always try to switch it up even if I'm shooting at the same location that I've shot at before okay I try to just go at a different angle you know switch, move the camera a little bit this way just so it something different and I'm learning how to do something different every single time yeah I mean that's really cool do you also like um, take videos as well or is it just like pictures for you it was always pictures and people would hit me up like oh you do you do videos and I'm like no it's not something I really do yeah but um somebody hit me up and they insisted that (laughs) like no matter how bad it was like (laughs) like try to do a video and I was like yeah you guys are having a kid like I don't even know (laughs) like I don't want to like ruin the video so yeah um I did the video for them, and I, I hit up one of my friends that's also a photographer, um, Hugo. Yeah. And he sold me his his old video recording kit, the the gimbal. Oh, okay. And yeah. I he set it up for me and everything, and I went to the shoot, and I had no idea how to use it. <laughs> um, honestly, that video it, it could have been better, but yeah. Um, I'm glad that that couple let me do their video mm. and. Um, within the last like four months, five months, I've gotten into video. I did my first wedding video. Oh, okay. And it came out pretty good. I think um, I got a big, big stand. I got, a lot of people liked it. And yeah. then um, a handful of my friends, all of us are getting married. We're all engaged. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I've done within, I've done two of their engagement shoots and I've thrown in a free video for them. Mm-hmm. And I'll do videos. And I think both of them came out perfectly. So it's just the practicing. And yeah. I obviously, I have a lot of room to grow when it comes to video. Yeah. Um, but primarily, it's always been pictures, but I think video, I'm starting to learn to love it, you know? Yeah. Like just Especially like wedding videos, mm-hmm. those touch people, you know? And yeah. you just want to make sure they're perfect, so. is So those are the only kind of sort of videos you've shot so far, is just wedding videos? Or? Wedding videos and like uh, just couple engagements. Oh, okay. So like, you know, just couples together yeah. and stuff. So you mentioned you're engaged right now. Correct, uh, yeah. And when do you plan on... Well, congratulations, by the way, but when, <laughs> when do you plan on... Uh, Tying the knot? Yeah. Um, we're looking more in the beginning of 2023 or the end of 2022, oh, okay. so a good year. Yeah. Um, we just want to let her finish up school yeah, and then sense, yeah. um, let her get established with her job. And then um, I think we want, we're we looking to buy a house mm-hmm. before we move out. I know we're doing it backwards, but... Yeah. It's 2021, so... There's, yeah, there's no yeah. right way of doing it. Exactly. You do it in the way that's best for both of you, right? Exactly. We have a kid already. We already did it backwards, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, um, yeah we want to look into getting a house and then uh, maybe tying the knot after that. But um, 
like I it, it the, the hardest part is I mean obviously the wedding is whatever she wants to do yeah yes um, I wanted to just go to like a nice location in Northern California with our family yeah and just get married next to a waterfall or something you know yeah but be really cool she wants the big Temecula type wedding so oh okay yeah, yeah. like the the wine yeah, places she, over there she yeah. likes the little wineries and then she's been getting into like um i know malibu has like a lot of like forested areas yeah so i think yeah. she's been looking at stuff like that but um it has i'm to sure be it'll probably change a few times over the course of the year so. she's already changed colors within <laughs> the last month so so yeah um but that's really cool and i'm assuming you'll probably have uh a friend of yours or somebody to do those photos for you or that video whatever you decide I'm actually doing it you're gonna do it yourself I'm just kidding I'm just kidding no no way <laughs> like, I don't know if she'd be okay with that <laughs> <laughs> no yeah we, we definitely have I mean I have a handful of friends that yeah. could do it and then I mean I'm also looking at other photographers you know there's different styles out there so yeah that's true um, that's one thing I think is gonna be in my hands just because I'm a little pickier when it comes to <laughs> the way the pictures come out yeah I mean that makes sense um, so one thing that I really like to ask everyone that comes on to uh, this podcast or this podcast is um, right now, currently, do you consider yourself to be happy and living a happy life or and if if not, um, are there anything that you're doing to sort of, you know, reach that point? So I'm I'm content. I'm happy because I get to be with my daughter every day. Yeah. Um, one thing that I think I would love to do was would take photography full time mm, okay. um, and it's hard you know just because I I'm working at the same time yeah um, so I, I think that would help out a lot as if I took photography full time and I know it's the hardest part is jumping into yeah. quitting your job yeah that's um, true 100% so I mean I'm happy I'm happy with my fiance I'm happy in my current with my current job you know even if I do want to quit it, you know. I I'm happy that I have the job, and I'm happy to be alive, you know, and just yeah. keep making my life better. So I'm content, contently happy, I guess. Yeah. So uh, that's good. I, mean, I could be happier. Yeah, I mean, everybody can, you know. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> yeah, if you had the perfect life, then you'd be 100 percent happy all the time. Definitely. Right? Um, so is there like what do you what step do you think you need to take in order to become a full time photographer? Do you just need to uh, build a bigger clientele or is it like um, is there something else that you need to do in order to make that jump or make that decision so I recently did a shoot with um, a business um, some two two girls they run a, a picnic business okay. um, like you know by the beach and stuff like yeah. that they actually helped me propose to my fiance cause oh nice yeah they set that up for me but um, what they told me and they, they blew up. They're, they're being featured on a magazine, and that's oh, why wow. I took their pictures. Yeah. Um, and what they told me was, when you're booked every weekend, that's a sign that you might want to, like, yeah. raise your rates or quit your job. Your job. Yeah. Um, and I think, honestly, the next step that I need to take before I quit my job would definitely be to raise my rates. Okay. I shoot at a fairly cheap price. Yeah. And I, I think I do it just because... You know, not a lot of people can afford to take pictures. Yeah. Um, and one thing that really helped me blow up was um, I was doing graduation shoots, especially like last year. Yeah. And I feel like I was pretty decent last year. I was doing graduation shoots for graduates for twenty dollars. Oh wow! Just because, I mean, that's I very mean, nice of you, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you know, I, I feel like I know a handful of kids in high school, yeah. or even myself. You know, I didn't grow up 
wealthy or anything, but like there's probably a handful of kids in high school that probably don't ever get graduation shoes because it's true. their family can't afford it. Yeah. And that's why I said $20, you know, like it's $20, you know, and I was fully booked. And then um, this year I couldn't do $20. I did half off a shoot though. Okay. So and that, that even, I got pretty booked with that. Yeah. But I think... I think I mean I keep those rates, you know, for graduation shoots. But when it comes to everything else, I think I'm gonna have to raise my rates a yeah. bit, just so I can, you know, create a a living, make a living off yeah. of it. Because as much as I make right now, it can get by, but it's not to make a living. So, yeah. um, the next step would definitely be probably to raise my rates. Yeah. Uh, my client base is pretty huge right now. That's good. Yeah. And then, um, I if if I do raise my rates. Again, I'm I'm all about giving back. Yeah. So I'm definitely gonna like have like promotions, you know, or you know, you book me once, next shoot half off, you know, oh, yeah. just something like that because I appreciate everybody out there that's mm-hmm. booked me because you know they've helped me get better as a photographer and they've helped me with you know like you know paying stuff. So yeah. they, I appreciate everything and I'm always all always about giving back. So yeah, the next step would definitely probably be raising rates just so I can. Mm-hmm. See if that's going to be sustainable to quit a job. So yeah. and just have yeah. to replace that income. I think yeah, that's probably it makes sense, you know, to raise your rates because that can cover a lot more of what you need to take care of, right? Exactly. Do you get a little bit nervous thinking about that though? Like if you were to raise the rates, um, uh, I don't know by how much you would do it, but like maybe less people would be interested. A hundred percent. I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm so nervous about that. Like, yeah. Like I. That's something. Yeah, I'm super nervous about that. And another thing I was thinking about, I forgot to mention. Um, I want to put my business on the books. Oh yeah. So you know, start. I mean, I don't have to pay some money back at the end of the year or the beginning of the year, but um, that's money I can claim when it comes to buying a house or yeah, um, even a car. But um, but no, yeah, I'm super super nervous about raising my rates just because. Yeah. I feel like, you know, a lot of people might book me just because, you know, oh, I am affordable, but I see, and I, I can't base myself off of other photographers, but I see people out there charging like $400 for 10 pictures. And I'm like, wow, whoa, I wouldn't pay for that, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like my rates are good. And I feel like even if I do raise my rates and keep, you know, the quality of pictures, I'm never going to give somebody 10 pictures. That's <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, I think if I do raise my rates, I feel like a lot of people understand that you know you know bills have to get paid and yeah if i want to do if i want to quit my job i'm gonna need to replace that money that's true so i feel like a lot of people will understand that but um i definitely do see myself losing a lot of clients maybe not a lot but i do see myself losing some clients but i also do see myself picking up bigger clients so do uh, yeah one just one quick thing i wanted to ask do you think if maybe um i know Usually people are a lot more free during the weekends, so that's why you do weekends, right? And maybe you're even yourself more free yeah, during yeah. the weekends. But let's say you were to quit your job and just at the same price that you have now, just book throughout the week. Do you think that would also be something that could be successful? Or do you think that because uh, during the week is a little more harder for people to get have time to take photos, you might not get as many people? I feel like... It oh definitely would help. Like I I would be able to book more. Um, I know there are people that aren't off on weekends and you know they need to book during the week. And I've I've had to cancel on the or I I haven't been able to book a handful of shoots because I don't shoot during the week. But um, yeah, 
I don't think it would jump drastically. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think I'd be shooting every week, every day, but um, I'd be able to book a couple more shoots. But I don't think too much that it would jump too much because at the end of the day, I feel like a lot of people yeah. want weekends, especially when it comes to weddings. That's true. Um, that weddings true. are always on weekends. Yeah. Um, I honestly think, like, people, especially, like, higher... Like, especially when it comes to traveling, because I want to travel to, like, India, Taiwan, and stuff yeah. like that, and do shoots for people out there, but I feel like people, they'll pay for pictures, and I see it, you know, because people are paying yeah. $400 for 10 pictures, <laughs> um, but if I show that maybe my rates are a little bit higher, I feel like people, like, might go look at my booking and see that my rates are a little cheap, and they're just like, got it, yeah. Like, why are his rates so cheap? Like, yeah. is he a horrible photographer? Like, yeah. what's going on? Um, so, I feel like if I raising the rates it would just attract people and they'll see like oh maybe his work is worth that yeah. much you know so yeah not true. 400 dollars. i'm yeah, not gonna yeah. do that that's ridiculous <laughs> yeah i mean i think that you uh definitely at some point are probably prime in the prime position to make that jump to that next that next level and hopefully that just takes off and you just keep building your clientele at that rate and then there you go you're almost set to make that step to be a full-time photographer so uh just you know speaking about booking you and everything like where can people go to reach you or if they wanted to get to book i know you're booked throughout this year but you know in the future if they wanted to um you know get their photos taken where where can they contact you um so my instagram's probably the best way to contact me that's where i do all my bookings is um j lou shoots um and I'm in the process of building my website, okay. so people would be able to just hop on my website, you know, lock, look, click in it, yeah. and they can see, you know, different galleries, you know, whether it's wedding or couple or graduation, and then um, I want to have a tab on there to just book right there, you know? And oh, yeah, perfect. They can manually book like that. So, but right now, yeah, so just my Instagram. That'll and then, probably make it easier for your own organization. 100%, because <laughs> I lose track all the time. I, yeah. It hasn't been. It's been a while, but one time somebody hit me up like, "Okay, so we're we're about five minutes away," and I'm like, "Wait, what?" Like, <laughs> I completely forgot I had a shoot that day. Wow. Um, yeah. Luckily, it was like maybe fifteen minutes away, so I was able to just take off and go do the shoot. But yeah. um, most of the time, I'm pretty good with staying on track, especially now that I'm getting a lot busier. Yeah. But yeah, Instagram's definitely the best way to reach out, and then when I get that website set up, it'll be a lot easier. So that's good. Well, thank you, Jordan. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you Um, for having me. Yeah, of course. And uh, I'm really looking forward to see your progress in the future. Thank you. And uh, I'll probably, one of these days, end up doing a shoot with you myself. So Let me know. I'm I'm always here. Yeah. All right. Thank you. And we will see you next week. Have a good one.